Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Hello, I'd like to welcome you again as we continue in studying God's second book in the Bible, Exodus. And what a wonderful book this is. Let's first of all start by asking God for his help. Lord, we come to you today because we are very needy. And we know, Lord, the place where all of our needs will be met. And that's in the Lord Jesus Christ. So it's to you, Lord Jesus, that we come now and we ask you, Lord, to speak through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now, if you follow along here in uh, Exodus chapter 3, And so if you have that, Exodus chapter three, and I'll start it with verse six. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. I've heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land unto a good land and a large unto the land, flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come unto me, and I've also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I? that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, certainly I will be with thee and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. In this, uh, in our last study, in the study we just had in, in Exodus, we saw how Moses was going through this real traumatic issue in his life that was summed up by his question that he asked God, he asked himself also, and that was the question, who am I? Who am I that I should? That's like a disease. It's like a plague on Moses and on us too. And it's a disease that causes us as believers where we place our eyes on ourselves. We look at ourselves and we fall into the spiral 
of a vortex that sucks us down into this condition of introspection, looking within ourselves. And as we look within ourselves and we search for adequacy, we search for sufficiency, we search for resources that we'll need to meet the challenges that are before us, and what happens? We don't find the sufficiency. We don't find the resources. We don't find what we need in order to meet the set, the challenges. And so we look further and it gets, and the further we look in, the darker it gets. And that's the whole process of introspection. And it's all summarized by this question that Moses was asking, who am I? That's the spiral of introspection. Now, we also saw, and that was, by the way, in verse 11, the disease of introspection, the who am I plague. And so then we saw as we went on in verse 12 that God gave an answer. And we saw from verse 12 how God responded to Moses, but he saw Moses trapped in this spiral, in this vortex of introspection, self looking within yourself, searching within yourself, hoping that you'll find something within yourself. And God responded to this who am I trap, trap or the disease with a statement, certainly I will be with thee. Now this is God's universal remedy for the who am I disease. This is God's universal remedy solution for us, for Moses, for anyone who looks within themselves into this and gets trapped into this vortex disease of introspection and the feelings of inadequacy and the feelings of, I can't do it. And so God told Moses essentially, Moses, 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 turn your eyes away from yourself and turn your eyes to me. Turn your eyes to me, just like the song says, Oh soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior and life more abundant and free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. See, the message of that song is so wonderful. It's so instructive to us because it asks us a question. It says, are you weary? Are you troubled? Is there no light in the darkness that you see? When you look within yourself, you see darkness. There's no light in there. And then the song goes on and says, look, you know, there's light. There is light. It's not inside of you, but there's a light. And if you take a look at the Savior, you'll see the light. You'll have life more abundant. And then the song says, turn, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full, in other words, not half-hearted. Look full in his wonderful face. And what you're gonna find was that all the things that seem so threatening, all the things that seem so challenging, all the things that seem so against you, he said all those things, just something very strange is gonna happen. They're gonna go strangely dim as you look in the light of his glory and grace. It's a great song. And that's really what Moses needed to do and what God was directing him to do when he said, certainly I will be with thee. So now, the second statement that Moses made is also very revealing because it says in verse 11 that Moses said, unto, he didn't just say, well, who am I? And Moses said unto God, who am I 
that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. See, that's what he said. Who am I that I should do this? Number one, Moses says to God, he says, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Who am I? I should go to Pharaoh? Who am I? I? And number two, he says, who am I that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Who am I? Now, why did Moses say that? Why did Moses say that God wanted him to bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Well, because that's what God said to him that he wanted him to do in verse 10. It says that in verse 10, that's exactly what God said to him. It says, he says, come now therefore, I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth the children, the people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. So God told him that. And so then he says, well, who am I that I should do this? But then you see, Moses questioned God and said, who am I that I should bring forth the children? children of Israel out of Egypt. See, he, again, you know, he's looking at himself. And so God responds to Moses in verse 12 and says, certainly I will be with thee. Now, wait a minute. He says, first of all, he says, I want you to bring them forth out of Egypt. Then Moses says, well, who am I that I should do it? And then God says, I'll certainly be with you. What was wrong with Moses thinking here when he asked him in verse 11, who am I that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And by the way, we're going to find as we go on here, Moses persists. He doesn't give up. He persists with this, who am I that I should uh, routine. So, He's not getting it, and there's something wrong with his thinking. And so the question is, what is wrong with Moses' thinking that he asked this question? What's wrong with how Moses is thinking? Well, I'll tell you, is that it's evident that Moses had not listened carefully to God. He hadn't really focused in on what God had told him. In verse 8, just two verses above that, God said these words, very, very important words. He says, I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. See, God said, I am come down to deliver them. God said, I came down, my purpose in coming down is that I will deliver them. See, that was the focus that Moses needed to hear. Moses needed to really fix himself on that. When God said, I am come down to deliver him. See, that's what we just, when the singing of that song there, when he says, look full in his wonderful face and the things of the world will grow strangely dim. In other words, Moses, look full into this, what God has said in verse eight. Really focus on it, Moses. Really get it in your mind. Really let that be the wonderful face that you're looking into, the face that's saying, I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. See, if Moses focuses on that, that God says, I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians, then what happens is Moses walks away and says, boy, God has come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Boy, the king of the universe has come down to deliver them out of the hand of the, universe, of the Egyptians. The great God, the great power, the great creator, has come down and he's gonna deliver them. That's his whole focus. That's looking full into the wonderful face of Jesus. Then when God gets to the detail of I'm sending you to deliver them, those things will just go strangely dim as Moses focuses on that, but it's not working. And so God had said in verse eight that he was going to deliver the Jewish people out of the hand of the Egyptians. That should have been the full focus of Moses. That should have resonated in Moses' mind. After Moses heard God say that in verse eight, that he was gonna deliver the Jewish people out of the hand of the Egyptians, Moses should have just 
stayed fixated on that. And then the part about, well, I'm going to send you to do it. Yeah, sure, whatever, because you're going to deliver them. Oh, yeah, if you want to involve me, great, but you're going to deliver them. See, that should have resonated. That's the resonation that should have happened in Moses' mind, that God was going to deliver the Jewish people, and that's why he had come down. So in verse 10, when God says then, goes on and says, well, now come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Then, if Moses had fixated on verse 8, then Moses would have said to himself, well, God told me from verse 8 that he was come down to deliver the Jewish people out of the hand of the Egyptians. Hmm. Now, God's told me to come to him and he'll send me to bring forth the children of Israel, uh, the Jewish people out of Egypt. So if he really would have thought about that, he said he was coming down, he's gonna do it. And then he says, come and I wanna send you to do it. If he really was putting all this together, then Moses would have said, I got it, I got it, I get it. I get it. If God has said that he's going to deliver the Jewish people out of Egypt, and then God's calling me to deliver the people out of Egypt, that means that God and me are going to deliver the Jewish people out of Egypt. We're gonna do it together. And Moses would have went into this, I get it routine, I get it, I understand, we, not me. We are going to deliver the Jewish people out of Egypt. How exciting. I'm ready for the adventure. See, that's how Moses should have really gotten onto that track. We're talking about a partnership. This is a partnership that God is, is talking about. It's talking about God and Moses. Wow, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. See, that's looking full in the wonderful face. And then the things of, well, you know, I want you to do it. Ah, strangely dim. Well, we'll see. It'll be an adventure. But Moses, he didn't get it. That's the point. He didn't get it. And so, therefore, he's on the who am I routine. He stays on this routine. It's not working. It's not going well. But, you know, he'll get it. He'll get it. But he'll get it. It would have been nice if he would have got it right off the bat. If Moses would have said, a partnership of God and Moses in business together to deliver the Jewish people out of Egypt. Sounds so good, sounds so great. God and Moses together in business to deliver the Jewish people out of Egypt. Sounds really good. And then he would have <laughs> printed up the business cards and they would have looked great. And they, even Moses would sit there and he would say, oh wow, I can't wait to use this, this business card. It says God and Moses in business together to deliver the Jewish people out of Egypt. And he should have said, I would love to give that business card to Pharaoh. I can picture it now. You remember, before he had run away from Pharaoh writing for his life, but he says, I can picture it now. I appear before Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, and who are you? And Moses says, Oh, I can't wait. I, says, I said, let me give you my business card. And it says, God and Moses in business together to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. God and Moses in business together to deliver the Jewish people out of your kingdom, Pharaoh, your kingdom out of your clutches. See, he should have said that. He should have really been excited about that at this point, Moses, and he should have said, I can't wait to give that business card to Pharaoh. I can't wait to give that business card to the Jewish people. I can't wait to give that business card to 
the elders of the Jewish people, I can't wait to when I go to the Jewish people and he knew that they were gonna say, and who are you and who is God? So, that, I mean, he asked that question in the text here, but he should have said, I can't wait to give that business card to the elders of the Jewish people when they say, who are you? And I'll just give them this card and it'll say, God and Moses in business together to deliver the Jewish people out of Egypt. See, he should have said that. That's gonna be so great, I can't wait to see. I can't wait to see, not only give the card, but I can't wait to see how this partnership is gonna play out. I can't wait to see how this partnership business is gonna work out with me in business with God. Oh, that's wonderful to deliver the Jewish people out of Egypt. Oh, it's gonna be terrific. See, that's what he should have done. That's the road that Moses should have gone down. I can't wait to tell Pharaoh, I can't wait to tell the Jewish people that I'm in business with God to deliver the Jewish people out of Egypt. That's what he should have said, but unfortunately Moses did not say that because Moses didn't see it that way. And Moses did not see himself in business together with God because the only thing that Moses saw was the prospect of just himself, see? He didn't say, and who are we that we should deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt? He didn't say, and who are we that we should go to Pharaoh? That would have put a whole different twist on everything. He said, who am I? So what was shown there is that the only person in business to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, Moses thought was Moses, just Moses. Now Moses did anticipate Pharaoh's question. Moses knew that Pharaoh was gonna ask him, and who are you and who is the Lord, which you know is what happened. That's why Moses asked God the question, what should I say, who am I? Because he knew that Pharaoh was gonna ask that question, but the problem was, that Moses in his mind had only printed up and only saw the business cards that read Moses in business alone to bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. And so at this point, you know, God could have lost his temper because he made it very clear to Moses in verse eight. He says, I'm come down to do it. And then he goes on in verse 10 and he says, I'm sending you to do it. It could have been, uh, should have been very clear, but anyway, he could have lost his temper. He could have said to Moses, Moses, what do you mean by asking who am I? I mean, I just got finished telling you that I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna say that you're gonna do it. Obviously, it means we, so how come you didn't say, and who are we? Moses, you want to make a business card that reads Moses in business alone to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses, what, what am I? God could have said to Moses. Moses, what am I, chop liver? I told you that I had come down to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt, and I'm sending you now, and so why are you thinking that it's you alone? That's why he says, Moses certainly, in other words, is to bring Moses back to the point, certainly, in other words, anchor Moses, he's floating off, anchor back, Moses, certainly I will be with thee. Moses, look back again at verse eight. Moses, understand again that I was serious when I said I came down to deliver them. I will deliver them out of there. It's because Moses didn't see that God was going to be with him and that he was going to be in a partnership with God, Moses got all stressed out. He was all stressed out and his blood pressure rose and it was all unnecessary. So now before we jump all over Moses and say, oh Moses, what's the matter with you? What's wrong with you? I mean, can't you see Moses that God said in verse eight that he was gonna deliver Israel out of Egypt? I mean, it's very easy for us to talk because we know the rest of the book, but we have to see that when Moses did what he did, 
that's all too often the problem in our lives. What Moses did is nothing more than what we always do. It's the reason why we get all stressed out. It's the reason why our blood pressure goes up and gets high. We approach life by sitting down and saying, now, what do I alone want to decide to do with my life? What do I mean, I'm, this is my time when I'm sitting down and I'm making decisions about my life goals and where I'm going and, and so forth. And so, you know, I don't put two chairs there. I just put one chair there and I sit down in the one chair and I say, okay, now uh, here I am and I'm gonna decide what I'm gonna do. This is my life and my, you know, what am I gonna do in my life? And so I make the decisions. This is my own time alone. And when I'm finished, I'm gonna have them and those are gonna be my life goals, see? Now, for example, today, what do I alone want to decide that I want to do today? What do I wanna do today? And again, we pull up the chair, it's just one chair, we sit down, decide what we're gonna do for the day, maybe we're lying in bed, we're thinking about the day in front of us, so we formulate in our mind everything that we're going to do, and, there's, and it's just us, we do it alone. And when we're all finished, we say, okay, that's, what I'm, that's my goals for today, that's what I wanna to do today, that's what I wanna to accomplish today. And we don't approach life with two chairs. We don't approach life by sitting down with God. We don't approach life by saying, you know, if there's only one chair in this decision-making time, that's no good for me. I need my chair, but I need also God's chair so that together we're gonna sit down and approach life. Together we're gonna sit down and we're gonna approach the day. When I'm laying down in bed, just woke up in the morning and I'm looking at the day in front of me and I'm saying to myself, what goals do I wanna have for today? What do I wanna accomplish today? I don't do that because I involve God and it's more, but we don't do that. And that's a problem because we don't say, Lord, what do you want me to do in my life? And when I understand that, then those will be my life goals. What do you want me to accomplish in my life? And that'll be what I, my purpose. And that was Paul's second question. He only asked two questions of the Lord Jesus Christ when he met him the first time on the road to Damascus. And the first question is, who are you, God? Who are you, Lord? Who art thou, Lord? And the second question he said was in Acts 9, 6, where we read, and he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? That's what he was saying. What Paul said there should be what resonates for us. Lord, what do you want me to do? What wilt thou have me to do in my life? What wilt thou have me to do today? and that will be my goals for my life. And those will be my goals for today. And the difference is that the, with the first way, we, when we devise our life goals around the question of what do I wanna do with my life, and we come up with X, Y, Z, and if we devise our goals for the day around the question of what do I wanna do today, and we come up with A, B, C, goals for the day, then our business cards read, me in business alone in life to do X, Y, Z, and me in business alone today to do A, B, C. But if we devise our life goals around the question of Paul's question, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do in life? And then we find God's PQR goals for us, and if we devise our goals for today around the question of, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And we find those STV 
goals, then our business cards are totally different. They read God and me and business together for life, for my life to do PQR. And God and business and me together for this day to do STV. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California. Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800 247 3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. 